Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Just wanted to give you a little heads up. Our audio in this podcast is a little bit on the low side, so don't be afraid to turn your volume all the way up once we begin. Um, Yeah, thank you and enjoy. I'm sitting here with Christina Redondo, um, a friend of mine who I've known for, what? Like two years, maybe. Two years, maybe almost. At least a year and a half. Yeah. um, Which is pretty crazy. It is. Feels like yesterday. Yep. Um, I'm just going to jump right into it with a little preface that I had just about you or just something simple, but uh, to kick us off here and get us going. Um. First of all, I know for any, any maybe of my friends or anyone that might be listening that is surprised by any guests that I might have on, I really wanted to say that I'm just fascinated with the female psyche. Mm-hmm. That everything about, and not just the psyche, but specifically that, just because so much goes into male-female relationships and... A disconnect that it feels like and rightfully so just such different human beings even though we're so interconnected but yes. I grew up in a house with only women so it's it's only right that I have <laughs> this natural inquisitive wonder about women that I meet in general and I love anyone that is open to sharing their lives and I just think it's a powerful thing so Kudos to you. That's a big reason why I have you on right now. Um, Love it. I have been firsthand witness to you, and I've gotten a glimpse into how a tiny glimpse into how you operate and the love and life you exude. I believe at such a unique time as this in history, people like you, especially women, are doing absolutely incredible things and are helping lead the journey back inside of ourselves. There's a lot of wisdom and shared experience. And although my perception is just my own, I do think that you have a lot of wisdom to offer a wide variety of people. And I believe I've come to know that a lot of people would agree. So, again, another reason why I'm having you on today because important things going on in the world like we were talking about before. And, um, yeah, I've been able to witness you and... Some of those vulnerable moments just like you have with me and um, yeah, I just really wanted to share 
this opportunity with you. So thank you for saying yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. That's yeah. a, a high compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Good. Um, so, what should we start with? I was I was wondering what your sign was. I've never known. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. A Pisces. Yeah, Pisces Sun, Pisces Moon, Gemini Rising. Okay. Yes. Can you tell me a little, just to help break us into it, tell us a little bit how you view that or what you've learned throughout the astrological, cyclical evolutions of your life? Or totally. Totally. Good question. Um, yeah, the journey of a Pisces. Um, we're a mutable water sign, which means we take the shape of whatever container you put it in because mm. it's, it's water, you know? Mm. Um, so for, I, I'd say at least the first half of my life, I was an excellent chameleon, you know? I could match other people's energy. I became whoever the person was talking, whoever I was talking to wanted me to be, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, which was pretty cool in a lot of ways because I've learned to read people's energy and I've learned to create like a welcoming space for different types of people because I can match them. But that's also not too great if you don't know who you are, you know? So I've been very, uh, <laughs> I've been many versions of myself through my life. And yeah now arriving here at where I am, learning the flip side to Pisces is that we can be everything and nothing. Pisces is like the last sign of the cycle, the oldest sign. So we hold a lot of wisdom and we are, it's the two fish, right? Yeah. So it's the balance. It's like the airy fairy woo woo shit, but it's also like the deep, like shadowy dark shit. And yeah, as I get older, I'm learning to balance those polarities and see the gift of being malleable instead of letting people kind of like walk all over me. Yeah. You know? You definitely have a, well, I, I feel like I've talked to enough people about their sign that that was a damn good description of just what, <laughs> and it really just enlightened me even just in that short moment right there because... Um, I knew you were going to know about it, and that's why I yeah. asked. I knew I had that question because even just to know and give a good, good enough explanation, I, I love how you just brought up the chameleon because that's how I've witnessed you and be able to... It's mm -hmm. more just being a, a reflection, you know? Yes. Like a water sign, you know, naturally is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm terrible at this. Uh, anyone should know that out there. Uh, <laughs> huh. That's all right. Did you know that I've rebranded recently? And so the new name of my business is not the best anything. And so, mm. I mean, the whole thought behind that is when you say your insecurities out loud, they have less power. So I start all my dance classes by having everyone go around and say, hi, I'm Christina. I'm not the best dancer. And it just, everyone like exhales and we're like, sure, me neither. So like, if you're not the best podcast host, like, it's okay to say that and like just get it out. 
That's why I definitely do let the intrusive thought win, and I'm just gonna point it out, remind yeah. everybody, like flip them through the notes. You know, I'm uh, <laughs> not exactly prepared, but thank you for thank you for that. And since you said that, we might as well um, take me through the journey of your creative businesses. Whether I know that it probably does span back farther than just totally. whatever larger name brand that you actually begun and actually had extensive amount of classes with or things that you did with it but yeah you can start me wherever you'd like um leading to a redo and then awesome yeah. wow i'm trying to think for myself like where would i even want to start because you're right i feel like anything that exists it's like gradually and then suddenly you know like it, it's been building for decades well i definitely would like to know the beginnings then at least a little bit before you get into anything uh, truly structured I guess totally well I've been teaching since I was in sixth grade like middle school choir my choir teacher was trying to choreograph something for us for a performance and I was in the corner doing my own dance moves and she kind of like I don't know like hastily was like oh you think you got better moves than me do you want to make it up then like do you want to choreograph the piece for the show and I was like yeah and so I went home and I did and I came back to class the next time and like asked her I was like well I made up a dance can I teach it to the class and I did and since then like sixth grade through 12th grade I choreographed every piece of anything that I was ever in um, I started teaching classes straight out of high school I feel like it, it chose me. Like becoming a dance teacher or a choreographer chose me. Like I didn't really choose it, if that makes sense. Um, so I feel like just the art of, of getting a group of people to do something. Because that's what dance choreography is. It's like, here, I'm going to show you these moves and all of you do them in unison. You know? You're literally like an orchestrator of human bodies. A teacher is, on, on any level. Also would yes. Description. Yeah. Yes, and that's what I've that's what I've realized over the years because I've gone through a love hate relationship with traditional dance class settings and um, how they can be super beautiful for some people and then for other people can just kind of like suck the love out of it, suck the life out of, suck the joy out of it, you know. Um, and yeah, I I realized. It sucks the joy out of, it, out of it for me to like tell kids that what they're doing is wrong. To like correct kids when they're dancing. You know what I mean? Um, so over the years, as I've divested from teaching traditional dance classes, I've come to realize that yes, the art of teaching anything is like orchestrating. You're orchestrating an experience. Like a, like a communal experience, you know? And so I think upon that realization, which was maybe in like 2019 when I first moved here, um, so years ago, I started hosting something called the Minneapolis Mindsetters. <laughs> I thought I was cool. The Mindsetters. And I had this dumb little logo. <laughs> That's the OG stuff. That's or? the OG. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I had a few meetings. And we talked about mindfulness and we talked about boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, it, I'm making fun of myself saying that, but like, those were the beginning days. You know what I mean? And I had my friends come and we 
sat around and I asked questions and it was just like an intentional discussion. And then COVID hit, you know? And I was like, damn. Yep. So yeah, since then I've let the ideas flow and I've hosted story nights where people come and just sit on the floor and each person takes their turn like sharing a story and then we all discuss. And those were like really special and I'm bringing them back because I miss them. Um, and then also experimenting with like dance experiences, you know? Yeah, I would call them experiences. Am I teaching you stuff? Not really. Like I'm just holding space to guide people in whatever it is that they want to do, you know? Making suggestions, that's it. But creating an intentional experience with dance involved. Um, yeah, I think, I think that answers the question. I'm sure there's more in there, but... Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, so technically when you started doing the story nights and the, the movement classes or those smaller dance classes, mm -hmm. that those were all built around redo the work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long did that go for, would you say, then, if it was like a... Mm, about two years. Two and a half years. Yeah. Those seem like, although everything in, in your story is pivotal, just like, I would say about mine, but I like to think the redo the work was a, was a very important chunk and yeah. obviously helps, helped you get to where you are now. And, um, what about that transition from, from then until, I guess actually before we get into more of the more, uh, recent stuff, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to dive into story gems really quick. Do it. And man, okay. So I was able to go to a couple. Mm-hmm. And they were so special to me. I really wanted to point that out to you in general and also on this, um, just as a testament and as a legit testimony on here and to you that they were some of the most pivotal like moments. I don't even think of them as evenings or days or those nights, especially like the one when I was there fully and like uh, that one gentleman who you met at work that one time, the ex-army guy. You yes, know, that guy. Richard Bailey. Richard, yes. Shout out to Richard Bailey. Shout out Richard Bailey. Yeah. Now I remember his name, Richard. Yeah. Yes. Um, that night, I... I like, for me, the best I can describe it is a night like that is something that can describe the entire last couple of years for me. You know, just wow, yeah. stepping into something that I've never, ever thought was a thing. Yep. Definitely in regular society, coming from K through 12 and the basic world that I was raised in, you know. Um, and it was amazing. And I could, I have no idea even what to say about it because there's so much that I am years away from totally unpacking. Totally. Um, but yeah, it's such a simple concept, but could you go a little bit more into, yeah, how that started and what that was and how you viewed that? Yeah. That whole process. I love that you just said that, that it's so simple. It really is. Like at its core, it's just a bunch of people sitting in a room together and 
one at a time, like people share a story. But that's like what we what we've done since the beginning of time. Like people have gathered around fires and talked about what they dreamt about last night or whatever. You know what I mean? Made stories about the stars and stuff. Like it's what humans do, you know? And the idea started originally because again with these intentional gatherings, right? Like I was hosting an adult recess class for a while. I just I don't know, I just be coming up with shit. <laughs> I was like, adult recess, that sounds fun. Um, and we did it outside for a while and it was cool. And every time I like brought that to people, people would be like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. But then they wouldn't show up. Like I, I taught that class for a whole summer and like one or two people would show up. And so I finally asked like, you know, instead of just giving up, cause again, with the stories, like we tell stories, instead of being like, oh, that idea sucked. Like, let me question that. Let me ask people, like, why aren't you coming, you know? And I, f I learned through asking um, that people were afraid. People were afraid to come to something called adult recess because they're like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, are you going to make us tell jokes? Like, I'm going to embarrass myself. Are you going to make us do cartwheels? Like, I don't know what that means. You know, people were afraid. So I was like, what can I, what can I offer to people that still taps them into their inner child but without that, like, barrier to entry you know what I mean what is the laziest like least fearful thing that you could possibly do to tap into your inner child have somebody read you a story so that's how the idea started it was supposed to be us like reading curious George to each other like in our pajamas and eating popcorn and shit um and so I hosted my first one and it just wasn't that you know like I tried to make it that and that's not what people brought. People were sharing like pages from their journal or these like song lyrics that they've never shared with anyone that they wrote in high school, you know? And I was like, oh shit, okay. I'm just gonna let this be what it is, you know? Um, and it became just, I don't know. It feels religious, spiritual, therapeutic. I don't know. It feels like when you're in your in that room with with people sharing so vulnerably and like everyone just being holding the space so well it does feel like you're on psychedelics or something right yes <laughs> you know what i mean it's wild it's just ultimate trust you know ultimate safety like that's what safety feels like in a room yeah yeah like psychedelics yeah. Um, and the aspect for, and I think eventually, you know, into the big story gym that you did, which we'll touch on, um, such a big piece of, of that and everything you just said was that in those, in the, and I would say the main grouping of those story nights when you're maybe getting the most people or everybody was the most vocal, mm -hmm. everybody like bring whatever you want to speak on. And with, the most amount of openness to not participate and to just listen also if you wanted to. But and everyone that ended up showing up ended up reading or saying or singing whatever that they brought, but the aspect that they could say or read whatever that they wanted, anything from their past. Um, and it brought up so many different things. I heard people reading scripture, um, reading out of books, like you said, song lyrics, poems. Um, yeah, straight out of books, something that they've written in their journal. Um, An old Instagram post. 
Yeah. Like from three years ago in your life. Yeah, just, yeah, you're right. The, the things that people brought to the microphone were really awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's something that I, I, it really is that simple that it's tough to go that deep into describing like how you even came up with it or why you did or because it's obvious like like and knowing you and hearing you already even in this today just how much um where you come from that to have an idea like that was just another step on the ladder you know another rung but yeah that's where i just love being able to point out and emphasize just how special that they were yeah and it obviously was able to you know trickle down into so much more or just the new ideas and progressing through that knowing that that is such a thing that you'll have forever and an option for people when that anyone can do it also yep like I bet everyone that came there had never really experienced one of those like I would just bet if I was a gambling man that I would put all the money I have on that everyone that was in there given that night let's say yeah has never really had Especially the setup where you tell it and everyone kind of gets an opportunity, not everyone does, but to talk about it after. Like each person's yes. thing. Someone can say something wonderful about how they were just able to witness another human being tell, say something from their heart. And mm-hmm. like that feedback is what, like you're not just, it's not just your turn and you say something and then it's next person to actually... To be walking in there with love and knowing that even if you were on the outside of this room or outside of this story night, you might judge a little bit more, but mm-hmm. because we're coming together in this kind of capacity, you want to give feedback or you want to express to this person, like, I loved hearing that, you know, like, that was amazing. And that yes. sort of, like, give and receive instead of just give or just receive you know it's such a powerful thing that occurred there yeah whoa yeah you're like putting your finger right on it it's it's that aspect of it that made it so magical right because most of the time we pay like a ticket we pay for a ticket and we go and we sit something if we sit and we watch something and we just absorb it we're like not even participating you know, and in your head, you're probably judging the performers on stage and like, I don't know, it's it's not interactive. Like it's the interactive element of it that makes it so magical because you walk in and you're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm expected to have an opinion afterwards. Like, let me listen. Like, let me do a good job listening, you know, so that I can contribute. Exactly. The give and receive. That's exactly what makes it so magical. I've been asking myself that question. It's such a domino <laughs> effect of... I mean, for me, I know for a fact it was witnessing the first one first person go and then the first several and then get around the whole circle. And it's like, I just watched that many people and I'm fully observing. When you fully watch someone be that vulnerable, it opens you up to, like, once it's my turn, it's like, I'm definitely going to go. I, yeah. Like, that was me, you know? But And I think that, that it was for everybody. Because it felt like maybe when we all were walked in there that you, not everyone's 100% sure that they're going to say what they thought that they were going to 
to say. You know? Totally. But once you're able to see someone give it and then receive from, from other people, then you're like, oh my gosh, like what an opportunity this is. And then it ends up being that or, and then more, you know, so. Um, yeah. I'm excited to bring them back. I have missed them. I'm, I'm excited too then, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. know for sure if you were going to. Yes. Um, so tell us about that transition into, and this is definitely a big little topic, even though we got a bu- kind of a bunch more, but a little bit more I want to cover <laughs> in, in other realms of, of you and your, your creative journey. But um, is this, what did you end up calling it? Was it just story? Story jam? Yeah, your story jam. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was. I just didn't know if it was one word different or yep. like an added word. Um, yep. But yeah, for anyone out there listening, Christina had... Actually, no. I'm going to let you describe it and go into it. Cause describe my know. story jam? Yeah. <laughs> going from, those, from that level of a story jam, because I do see them as... Although they are very similar, um, completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely feed into each other for sure, all these different things. But my story jam was a one-woman show. Um, I called together literally everyone in my life. Like, I invited everyone. If I met you one time on the bus and for whatever reason we exchanged phone numbers, like, you got an invite to this show. I wanted to show every person who's ever touched me in any way, like, big way, small way, I wanted those people all in one room. And I think I invited around 200, (laughs) but I had like 80 people show up. And it was people from all different areas of my life. My boss and his wife were there. My husband was there. Um, Yep, just friends who I had met in all different ways over the past five years of living in Minneapolis. And I asked people to dress up. And everybody came, and and I had people walk the runway at the beginning just to, yeah, get that interactive element going because that's that's so important. It's so important for people in the crowd to, like, know that this is a communal experience. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not here to just sit and, like, numb out and consume this entertainment. Like, no, I'm here to... My heart is in this room with everyone else, you know? So I had everybody walk the runway. Um... And then I just got up on stage. I just shared I shared uh, stories from my childhood. I just shared stories from my life, you know? And I did it with mixed mixed media. So some video projection, a little bit of dancing. Mm. Yeah, some silent improving. It was cool. It was, um, yeah, the first of many. So it was basically a magnified... Like if we had, if to go back to one of the earlier story nights, mm-hmm. if there were ten of us there, the one person that's sharing their minute long little story, it was like a, a much magnified version on that one person, and it was you because it, story jams was your thing, and to kick off, to give give everyone inspiration and to spread the word about that this is a thing, you know, that I'm basically creating because I've never heard of it, you know, and I'm not. I haven't been around the world twice, you know, I don't, I haven't, yeah. I have no idea what, what all is out there, but again, like we were talking about before, um, in this modern age, just the kind of reinventing or, um, innovating on, on ideas like that. But what would you, how would you describe 
what it was though like mm, right because when I was creating it when I was dreaming it up and planning it and doing all the things um, it ended up being like a huge emotional processing for me like not only was I planning the show and creating the content and doing the music and picking my outfits and figuring out all the logistics and stuff and booking the places and marketing. I was also like processing my life's stories. Like I had to choose which stories from my life I was going to share. I had to choose how I was going to share them. Like, am I going to choose a song that matches the mood of the story? Like, this thing that happened to me when I was 12 years old, like do I choose somber music and do I dance on stage to like portray what the story is telling? I chose not to do that. But you know, these are all like choices that you're making throughout the process. Like how do I wanna present these stories to the world? Which stories matter most? You know, it was a huge like emotional processing for me. Um, and then, to basically celebrate those stories and to like ceremonialize this moment in my life where basically I'm showing all my friends and family who came to witness me like these are the things that I've been through and like I'm kind of now graduating. I'm putting that stuff behind me. I'm putting it out into the open. Here it is. This is my story. And from this day forward, I'm going to be like this new version of myself. It was like a ceremony, you know? I thought I was designing a show, which yes, it was a show, but more so it was a ceremony. Like I was a different person after that that night, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, a big similarity, like a show, doesn't describe it as well as a ceremony but one thing that they definitely do have in common that you along with many of the people I've met in this community um, give openness that if you were to do your own story Jim you could do it however you want yeah but it really is a, an opportunity that I think most people would take to express it through song dance um, any sort of acting to to be able to portray the story you know it's like we still are around the campfire Yes. And I think of old Disney movies or like, you know, the little, um, little, or specks from a, a fire, you know, up in the air and then they end up like dancing and creating like a story in the sky, yeah. you know, like with dancing characters and stuff. Like, yes. As you're narrating it too. So like, yes, then you bring in pieces that you wrote, you know, so it's like, it, as you just described it, it was a, a full circle of so many things parts of yourself and I think that that it shows the base level of the child within all of us we all maybe have different things that make us who we are but I think at the core of basically every kid that would end up coming out in their own story gym would be stories writings um, or reading um, yeah music dance you know, outfits, like color, like whatever your vibration is. Exactly. It's going to come out through those movements, through those words. Yes. Um, yeah. 
that ceremony and show. So it's like it it ends up being a show because of just how much art is buried underneath. Like it's beautiful that it can be entertaining and have mean, so much meaning at the exact same time. And then for the subject to actually be going through such a process while making it too. Like that's, yeah, when it's one person trying to get so much off their chest. Yeah. It's all that. It's all that. Yeah. Yes. You're exactly right. And my, the piece that I struggled the hardest with um, was, I'm not sure if you remember from the show, but there was a piece where there were like actual voice notes from my real life. Um, I like to communicate with my friends through voice note quite frequently because texting, I don't love texting. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a voice note, it's great. You can listen to it whenever you want. You know, you can talk. You got the mic for as long as you need it. Like, you can rewind it, pause it, blah, 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 whatever. Listen to it while you're in the car. Like, I just like communicating through voice notes. Um, but while I was designing and producing the show, I was also juggling a nine-to-five job, which was new for me, relatively new for me. That's not usually the lifestyle I live, but I got a, got a job last year. Um, so on top of having that, I was creating this show and I was not lit up by the work that I was doing, you know? So I would come home and just be like so depleted and so exhausted and then have to like put so much effort into this baby, into this show, into my emotional processing around creating the show. Like, it was driving me into the ground. I was having a mental breakdown. And, you know, I was sending voice notes to my friends um, during that time because I needed some support, you know what I mean? And when I was designing the show, I was like, you know what? Like, this is happening right now. This is what's happening now. I'm gonna take that and put it in the show. <laughs> So we actually created a song with the sound bites of the real voice notes that I sent to my friends and that my friends sent back to me. And that was like, yeah, it, it was so healing. It was so healing. And that was the piece that I think people like commented on the most, mm. you know? Yep. And needless to say, I, I don't have that job anymore. I didn't keep it for much longer after that show. And my boss was in the audience, along with some of my coworkers, um, and like they saw that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, how fucking cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I can imagine that boss, or anyone that was there, if they're ever a boss, will have a greater appreciation for how much anyone goes through when they get off work. You yeah. Know? Yeah. To be a, I like to think you talking about the story jamming, um, kind of making a point at the end of it. I don't know where you're at with it now, but um, that you were hoping whether the plans are in the works now or you have plans for the future um, to have to help facilitate that for other people mm. through yourself. Mm. And even regardless of what your plans are, I wanted to say that. It's, you really make me realize now, hearing you talk about the process, that 
you'll be able to lift a lot of those, not a lot, but a decent portion of those responsibilities off of someone else's shoulders by being able to share that work because you'll be facilitating it. Like that's what makes it so incredible to jet start that and to be the designer producer and set up everything around the show itself mm-hmm. and getting everyone there. And I mean, everyone will have to do their, everyone, each person would have to do their own work um, in a lot of ways and, and still design and make the show or do whatever that they want to do. But I am just not realizing just how much that added the full, like you didn't, you did not do anything basically. Yeah. It, it truly was a, a one woman show. Yeah. And rightfully so when you are starting something. Yeah, it's funny because I didn't want to do my own. <laughs> like, it's scary. It's scary, right? But that's what makes it so powerful. Oh, I originally wanted to, like, I tried to launch it as a program. Like, I wanted eight people to sign up, and I was going to take them through the, pro- the process, and then we would finish with a variety show. Like, each person gets their 15 minutes on stage or whatever telling their stories. I didn't want to do my own show. But I was like, well... I'm like doing all this marketing. I'm revisiting it over and over again. Nobody really understands what it is that I'm talking about. Like, I just got to do it. I just got to show people what it is. But now that I've done it, I do really want to continue. I want to do the variety shows. Yes. I would love to have like six to eight people sign up and we just do something together, like pretty regularly. But eventually, and this is what I'm working towards right now, I want to be like... A planner. I mean, it's I'm I'm taking a wedding planning certification right now because I see this as very similar. The same way that you would hire a wedding planner to help you with the invitations and setting the dates and booking the venues and blah blah blah, all the details. But you still get to shine and you get to have your most precious ceremony of your life or whatever. Like I would be the wedding planner. In I would be the story jam planner. <laughs> and I was, I've only been, I was just at a close friend's wedding this last summer and that was my first time being that close to the, to the setup of a wedding. Mm-hmm. Their job is to make the bride and groom's day easy mm-hmm. or at least the big day. They already have so much planning that they have to do, but when the actual day comes that all they have to worry about is what they have to do. Yes. Yeah. And they get to experience the, the sacredness of this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's another thing that I'm, I I enrolled in a course which starts in May uh, to learn about ceremony and rites of passage and how you can actually like infuse like real sacred energy into creating a ceremony for someone. So like, yes, I did it myself and it was amazing and I feel instantly ready to help other people create theirs too, but I also really want to do it well. So you know, all of these other things that I'm doing, like the story nights, and I'm doing these dance classes now to help people just not even become good dancers, but to just feel comfortable in their bodies. Like, these are the stepping stones to get someone one day, like, ready, you know? Like, you feel comfortable in your body, you feel comfortable sharing your stories, cool. Now I'm ready for a fucking story jam. Like, I'm ready to graduate like I'm ready to ceremonialize all the fucking work that I've done you know could you imagine like if if I put this in the same category as a wedding 
Like, there are little girls from the time that they're four years old that dream of their wedding. Like, could you imagine being four years old and dreaming? I mean, I know it's a silly name, but, like, dreaming of your story jam? Like, dreaming of how you're going to overcome the, trauma? It does not matter what the name is. I know. For, <laughs> I can know. I don't even know, but we both know that because it's unrealistic. No one ever hears about someone being able to have a show 100% about themselves or about their, about yeah. their life. Yeah. But at the same time, everyone kind of has that. I know I have, or at least being able to full scale show yourself and totally. do, and like the cool parts, you know, and choose what bad parts, the ones that are really important. Yes, I cut you off, but no, yeah, that's well, that's interesting. What have you have thought about doing your own story jam? I'm gonna ask you questions now. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about sharing yourself with the world, do you have things that come to mind? Absolutely. Like yeah. what? Um, I haven't I haven't talked too much, you know, out of the solo podcasts that I have done. I do try to keep it pretty, but it's really good for me, and it's it's currently cracking the show right now and breaking it open a little bit just to be, because I'm so secretive about my personal life in general. Mm -hmm. um, for example, witnessing you at the story gym and at story nights and doing everything that you do, mm -hmm. so much more vulnerable than than I am. Mm -hmm. Like it's 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 not a it's not a levels or it's not a right or wrong or it's not anything like that. I'm at the very early stages, just like we are in our own way, but of of um, of accepting my situations and stuff. But mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked that. But um, what comes up? I mean, I played four sports year round for the main decade chunk of my life, you know, all throughout my school years. And I could, I've always been able to play anything or do anything physically. Mm -hmm. um, being born in 99, you know, having the best opportunity to live through three centuries, you know, I think about being born in 99 is a very powerful year. I like to think that that would be, even if no one in the audience would know about it, that would be something that would be, like my specific year being born, you know, I was a senior in high school when 2016, 2017, which so much of the internet regards as like, just like peak internet humanity, basically, you totally. know, or, um, and being a senior in high school, I mean. I think about growing up with a single mother, you know, never knowing my dad, um, only women in my house, helped raise by my grandparents. Um, gosh. Being a man in this, yeah, so much of, so much of it about growing into a man, totally. about, it would, you would be in it, you know, like so much of these last couple of years would be in it. Because yeah. it's this whole journey to uh, of realization that there's no ceiling to hit when it comes to being the best man, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. ever, like to ever live. But it's, I kind of do have that toxic and I would hope to be able to show that we all have that, that almost... I just see it as toxic. I'm not good with my language in that way, but because I don't know if toxic is the best word, but something kind of almost bizarre that's pushing you to be like beyond what you even can conceive is great, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be a great man in terms of 
anyone else knowing that it's great. You know, like the greatest stuff happens when no one's looking. That's a big thing that I learned through four sports. That's what coaches would say. The greatest things happen when no one's looking. Yeah, are you working hard when no one's looking? Are you putting in, are you running? Are you stick handling? Are you doing whatever? Wow. In your your basement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like to think that trickles down, and all I envision is what happens in front of your family. You know, you have a wife and kids. How do you treat them? And no one else is ever going to know. Your friends that you grew up with are never going to know. It's never going to be published in a magazine. Like, you're never going to... Wow. That's right. Yeah. So, like, greatness is only, like, how much How much can you learn about yourself? And, yeah, holy shit. I'm talking about yourself. Okay. I love it, though. I mean, that's that would be... I would buy tickets to that show immediately. You know? Yeah. And being able to... I know I would bring in dance and music, you know? Like, Absolutely. That's and your more, photography. But like, I, I love knowing that about everybody. Is everyone's got such a raw taste in music. Mm-hmm. I think... Because those are the... Out of the senses that we have... Music, I feel like, defies all of them. We don't just hear them, you know? You yeah. can see them. Yep. You feel them. You can and you can taste it. Like that's like that's where it comes like in that erythral, like next dimension type of feeling that music brings, I think. And Yes. Um the music is almost you could say in a language aspect, however you talk, like the tone of your voice or like in a story jam if I chose to scream my head off or something, you know? Like Hell yeah. <laughs> just like I'm sure a lot of people would and you know, it's like that's your song. Yes. It's like a battle cry, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's that's what I'm excited about for the world. Like, is to see everyone else's story. Mm. Like, I mean, sharing mine was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I can tell, that's so important. And I mean, as a facilitator or to be able to give that to other people. But it was so great that you were able to do it so you know the process. Yeah. Front and back, definitely. Or at least in a lot of those main checkpoints. Yes, and I'm I'm glad I did it the way I did it with a busy schedule and not the greatest mental health, so that I can really know like what it's like to walk through that process, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that is. I don't know. I feel like that's that's been the journey that I've been on for. I don't know, when you turn 18, they're like, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Go get your degree. Choose what the thing you want to study and and do for the rest of your life now. Figure it out now. And so we're all under this, like, pressure to, like, figure ourselves out and find your purpose and do the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And for years, I was shaming myself for not being able to find the right thing and, like, ah, this feels kind of right, but not quite. And, like, Goldilocks and everything, you know what I mean? Like, kind of right. not perfect and just getting so down on myself for not having like the thing and not knowing what the thing is but to arrive here at so many years of searching and knowing that like this this is what it feels like when you have found your thing it feels like something like I don't want to do it for me like, literally, I'm creating this because I want it in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I want to witness it. I want to experience it. I want to see your show. I want to see 
my husband's show. I want to see my dad's show. Could you imagine your dad or anyone in your family? Just like people, like imagine if that's something that was expected of everyone. If everyone wants to do it or it becomes a thing, everyone would do it, you know? Yeah. Because everyone has some cool people in their life that would show up or random people that would show up that don't know them, you know? And that's the local show going on downtown that people, when they're walking by on the street, just want to, they yeah. can go see someone be vulnerable and they'll walk out more open. Like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah, it does feel really good to be here uh, after after searching and not giving up, just being relentless about like, I know I'm made for bigger things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Witnessing you uh, throughout the show and at the end of it, I know you, I know you felt it. And like you just said, it, you kind of feel like you have arrived at that place. Yeah. That it definitely felt like it came that it absolutely did come full circle doing that show and finishing it up and being like, like that I just did that and that 80 people were there and like that it was, that everybody in that room was grateful to have gone, I think, and uh, everyone knew that they were witnessing something that just doesn't really happen. So like... Totally. Totally. That's some Einstein shit. That's how I see it. But not, not on that level of like, it's the, it's the openness, like flowery feeling of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like we've all been so boxed in our entire lives and then to witness someone totally, totally vulnerable. It's Vulnerability is one of the most powerful things, if not the most. Agreed. As a human, yeah. Agreed. And just to know that it's allowed. Like to, to claim the space to be vulnerable and to, yeah, to be like, look, I want all eyes on me for the next two hours and I'm going to talk about myself and I'm not going to be ashamed. Like that's really hard. That's a really hard step to take because it feels self-indulgent or like, mm. you know, you, you feel like you're going to make other people feel small, you know, but it's that's a really bold step to take to say like I'm worth this you know and that's such a massive part right there mm-hmm mm-hmm cause that's the we could talk about that I could at least for a while but <laughs> even like right there though I want to point out that that's a a massive part of, I think of what you've you've been able to bring out in in your endeavors and with that especially is because there's the flip perception that it's you're supposed to stay humble always yeah after all the times being called cocky mm -hmm. or yeah made to feel like the attention shouldn't be on me just never you should never ask for it you should never want it you know and if yeah. you do it's it might be okay or whatever but that that breaks that 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 shatters that because you're not you're not doing it for any of those other reasons that do make it, you know, truly self-indulgent in a toxic way. It's, yeah, I can't even just, that's a, that's like a paradox that my brain can't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. To actually, yeah, allow yourself that moment in the, in, the, in the spotlight because like we said, no one gets that. It's like a show that a four-year-old would dream like. 
Exactly. Could never happen, but yep. yeah. Exactly. I'm so glad that you see the value in it and that you're like, you're here for the journey because, yeah. yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do see it as revolutionary stuff. I mean, that's I've, that's some shit that I'll, I've always battled with in my entire life. I will pointing that out to other people when I think that that's the truth. It's kind of like when you when you hear the saying, you know, ideas are so much more real in your head and then you tell people and then based on their reaction it feels like less cool or less important yeah but to you the source of something like that I think it's it's almost like good practice for you to hear I know it's good practice for someone like you who created something like that because I think you'll end up hearing that a lot from people and Mm -hmm. it should never make you feel complacent like you should right. still always be striving and letting your creative juices come out, but that it's also, I don't know why, but I do always feel there's a big importance on reminding someone that what they're doing is truly special. So. Yes. Yeah. Because we don't hear it enough in our own heads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably it. Yeah. No, yeah. That definitely is <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me, um, switch gears a tiny bit going from story gym redo the work and uh not the best anything and your creative endeavors at this moment Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well it's funny because yeah you bring up the name of the business before i rebranded redo the work which is like my whole brand was based on behavior change and like motivation and discipline like finding the discipline and like doing the work not being afraid to do the work and then do it again like literally redo the work do it over and over again because life is work and we all got to care about personal development and all these things like I started as a behavior change coaching business that's what I was going to help people do because I've struggled with addiction and people pleasing and all those things um and that was my goal, was to help people in that area and like, yeah, do the work. But this rebrand is like the complete opposite of that, you know? And I feel like our our creations sort of evolve along with how we evolve, you know? Um, and that's, that's the purpose that it needed to serve for me at the time that it did. And I'm glad it helped people, you know, at the same time. But I feel like I've come to the other side of the coin now. Like, I don't want to live my life thinking that it's all about the work. And that I need to keep keep improving and keep journaling and keep going to the seminars and getting this book and listening to this podcast and all the things. Like, that's great. And it serves a purpose. And it's there when I need it. It'll always be there when I need it. But the message that I need to hear right now and it sounds like a lot of other people need to hear it too, is like, it's okay to not be the best. It's okay to not be the best. Like, we're all out here. We hate the way the world is because we're all working for shit wages and running ourselves into the ground and our mental health and our routines and our eating habits is shit because of it. But we're all out here knowing that there's more to life and so we're all searching for the thing we're all starting businesses and we're starting projects and we're starting podcasts and we're doing all these awesome things and we're trying to 
listen to all these gurus that are saying like niche down and find your target market and make sure you're the best at what you're doing and make sure you're the thought leader and disagree with the this people and all these things. And it's like, oh my God, like what if I'm not the best at any of that stuff? And then you're just kind of stuck. You're like, so do I go back to this nine to five stuff? That's what I did last year. And it almost, it, it was hard. It hurt. It hurt. I got my first gray hairs last year. <laughs> like, no. Or do you keep trying to niche down and find the target market this and box yourself in and be the best, you know, to stand out in front of, in a, in a saturated social media. You need to stand out. And it's like, but what if I don't want to stand out? Like, what if I just want to be me? And what if being me means I'm like, an okay dancer and an okay writer and like I'm an okay business owner is that okay can't I just be that can't I just be not the best not the best <laughs> yeah can I just <sighs> learn as I go you know and I don't know giving myself that permission felt so real like a tangible shift in my motivation like the moment I declared that to myself like I don't have to choose the one thing and I don't have to be the best at it I'm just like oh cool this this is no longer as hard as it once was I'm motivated you know I'm I'm doing the things and I'm hoping that this message this like brand or whatever will help people kind of infuse that language into their mindset you know like yeah i'm just trying this thing i don't have to be the best at it it's cool i'm just i'm just experimenting it's just a science experiment whatever it fails great i learned something let's try the next thing you know i don't know it feels right how does, how does it sound hearing me say that <laughs> it flows easy Right. I feel like learning to learning tonight though that you've been teaching since middle school technically. <laughs> yeah. You do have a little bit of an upper hand verbally, I think. Mm-hmm. Fair um, point. To be able to at least to be confident with your or to sound confident with your words. Yes. I do. I haven't been you around. I haven't been around you enough to be able to say I can read you perfectly though, but. That's where I do think it just pierces straight through and your energy flows straight with that. So I can feel that it, to go from something that was that you were doing a, a lot with, mm -hmm. that you did several different things with in Redo the Work, mm -hmm. and actually have my business cards or notes or have a logo and all that stuff. and Because mm -hmm. that's such a major thing in, in the stratosphere of small businesses to even in the slightest bit feel locked in yeah commit oh commitment and um and to even hear that you're that you're flowing with it in the, right now in this moment to where if this doesn't work or if that name or whatever doesn't work then it would be on to the next exactly which is so yeah it sounds right and it sounds like what you want so i think it sounds good it sounds great yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you vibe with it. It it feels like a lot of people do. A lot of people are are ready to 
take the pressure off themselves. Mm. You know, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Was it easy to, once you thought of that name and rebranding and you kind of came to those conclusions, was it easy to kick, redo the work to the curb? Yeah. It I'd, felt like that, even though I didn't see any of the behind the scenes work, but just to com- come out with it, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sentimental about quitting mm. shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it doesn't feel like quitting. It's just a new iteration, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, I have no trouble like moving on to the next. You have been speaking a lot on just the evolution and evolution is the definition of, it's not the complete change of matter, you know, it's just the, the flow of the matter, you know, that yeah. it's just gonna, it, it's water going to gas, you know. To mm-hmm. back to water to solid you know to ice like it's just going with the flow going with the blow of the wind yes yeah that's hard to tap into yes especially as a when you call it a business and you gotta keep all the structure and the there's a lot of masculine energy that goes into like running it like a business um, and I feel like I lacked a lot of discipline before because I wasn't allowing myself to flow. Like when you when you lack discipline, it's because you are rebelling against yourself in some way. <laughs> so if if I'm not allowing myself to flow, then when it's time to get disciplined, I'm going to struggle with that. Yeah. You know? Which doesn't sound right to maybe even my masculine mind on the surface. Like I can, I'm able to witness my surface level of thought mm-hmm. and at the, at the surface that does sound like wrong almost. Mm-hmm. Right? Like because structure the, comes first yeah, because and then the flow. It sounds like the discipline is to not allow yourself to change it. Right. To stick with what you said you were going to do. Yep. Which is crazy when you do realize that true flow is or true discipline is being able to accept those tough feelings of maybe letting something go you know yes yep yeah yeah you're right it's it's been a it's been a journey and a balance between yeah the flow and the structure absolutely so you've been doing dance classes and what do you have going right now for your own business wise whatever you do want to call it um because i was able to go to one of your beginner type flow dance classes you know not the best not the best dancer dance class you know yeah Um, was there anything else you were I'm throwing currently doing yeah yeah I'm gonna start throwing ecstatic dance parties Hmm. because I am I'm tired of complaining about the nightlife in Minneapolis (laughs) I'm tired of going out places and wishing they were different I'm just gonna create what it is that I'm looking for and I'm hoping that it'll grow and that like hundreds of people will come out once a month to party with us. But it's just a Saturday night, ecstatic dance, two hours, no talking on the dance floor. It's a journey. Like the playlist is going to be a journey for your soul. Um, and then you're in bed before midnight. And that's the kind of that's the kind of partying I like to do. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. How would you describe where you're at with dances definitely but you um resonate with a lot 
and flow towards just naturally from a very young age. Yeah. How do you view it right now? You've told me about this and I know a little bit about how it's um, definitely geared mostly towards opening opening someone up and being comfortable with yourself. How would you describe what you're trying to help people do with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I just want people to feel secure enough in their bodies to be able to express whatever is wanting to be expressed. So I don't know. Wherever wherever you are. I got I got a, a DM from someone who came to my first class a couple days ago and she said she traveled to New York by herself, solo solo trip, and she got to her hotel and in the lobby they were throwing a dance party. And she was in her hotel room being like do I go? Do I not go? I don't want to go down there by myself. And then she was like, but why not? And she said that because of the class that she came to, she went down to the, to the party and she just danced like she's never danced before. That's what I'm trying to help people tap into. Like nobody wants to be in a room with music and lights and just being a wallflower. Nobody wants to be that person. Like your body wants to move. You know, and maybe not to the music that's playing. Like we all have our tastes, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's allowed to have taste, but like for most people that don't dance, it's not about taste. It's about fear and not feeling safe and about not wanting to embarrass themselves and about their own fear, their fear of their own joy, which is a real thing, you know? So I'm trying to help people just be like, dance is my birthright like i fuck <laughs> i love music i just want to move you know everybody should be able allowed to feel that yeah yeah absolutely yeah and even in in hot house here in minneapolis and i've seen you know the internet side of a lot of the dance that's going on in the cities and one thing that is surely unique about what you do is is that it is no genre based like even doing the crumping classes or any sort of hip hop or it does that that makes it even harder for anyone off the street to want to go and just learn to express themselves mm-hmm. you know when it when it truly can just be an open a free range you know when it comes to just moving your body to the music you know yeah. yes i agree and i i love that those classes are happening cuz there's so many different ways to move your body and you can get as like detailed and and well practiced in any certain genre as you want i see different styles of dance as just different vocabulary you know the more vocabulary you have in the english language like the more access you have to more words like the better you can express yourself in words you know you just need to know what the words are i feel the same way about dance like if you want to be able to express yourself in this way, then you can learn crumping. If you want to be able to express yourself this way, like take up house dance or salsa lessons or aerial hooping or whatever it is. But like, I feel like my classes are a good prerequisite for somebody who has never moved their body and they're like, ooh, I want to learn roller skating or something. Like come take my class, get comfortable in your body, get comfortable with failure, get comfortable embarrassing yourself mm. and, and then go take your skating class and then go take your like salsa class or whatever. Or, Let's say you're a seasoned salsa dancer. You've been doing it 
for two decades and that's all you know and you're just like wanting to feel something different like yeah you know that's another good candidate for coming to take my class too and that definitely plays into the comfortability and vulnerability that goes into story gyms or that just being a stepping stone and another thing exactly because to, to the outside like on my perspective as soon as I saw you do your story gym, it's like, that's gotta be her. That's the thing that like, we're hoping to all see. Yeah. Like eventually, you know? And like, just like you said that there, you still had to come down and be like, well, I can't just do it immediately. You know, I can't fiscally do it. I can't just like actually get it done just right away. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to do all these other things that I also really want to do that will naturally be a good lead up into that and will help people that are in the community get yes. accustomed to themselves get accustomed to themselves exactly because we've become so over time we're detached from ourselves so to be able to for for you to be having a class so simple or to be doing story jams that are so simple those are two big pointers that if those are big for us that we have been detached from ourselves yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are these are things that people are genuinely afraid of. Like myself included. Mm. Speaking in a room full of people. That's like genuinely scary. Yeah. Dancing on a dance floor, that's genuinely scary for most of us. But like why? You know? I get it. I get it and I want to change it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I did want to touch on this just to help get an insight into you. And after everyone hearing about your creative mind and a lot of the journey that you have been through over time or even recently with that, um, I did want to ask you a little bit more just about you as a person, yeah, as a all-around person, especially, especially nowadays. Um, so first... What would you consider have been your day-to-day -day top priorities as a person over the course of the past year or two years, let's say? Like, we're in 24 and now, COVID hit in 20, so not over the last four years, let's mm -hmm. do it. Like, over the last only year or two, mm -hmm. mainly year. Yeah, it's it's a unique question, but I, I did imagine it in terms of, yeah, even on the levels of how you treat your body or are you thinking about f what you're eating the most, you know, any of those kind of things. But yeah, top priorities just as a, as a human being over the last year. I love, love, love this question. Um, I also love that you asked it before today so that I had time to like really think about it because that's a, it's a good question that makes me want to go inward. And so I did. And I feel like the things that I would write down on paper, like the things that I prioritize, this is my list of priorities, is different than how I was actually behaving in the last like year, you know? As I mentioned, I had a nine to five job for the first time in a really long time. And I think, I would love to say my top priorities were eating good and sleeping well and da 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 da, all these things. But they weren't based on how I was behaving. Like my top priorities were 
coffee. My top priorities were um, how do I even say this? My top priorities were like I guess my top priority was finding joy, but because joy was not a natural consequence of what I was doing with my time. I had to find like cheap joy throughout the day, whether it's like smoking a joint or having another donut, having a third coffee at 4 p.m., like eating some shit when I get home, like staying up scrolling until 3 a.m. Like that was my cheap joy. That's what I was prioritizing because the way I was spending the majority of my time like didn't didn't bring me any joy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's that's the real truth. <laughs> um you know that really is some of the realest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Just pointing out because I do ask that question, and I know you're not going to take this in, in any bad way, but I, I was thinking maybe you have been whooping ass with, with, with it being unequivocal that your top priorities have been eating well, sleeping well. Yeah. The basics that we hear about, that we read about, that we've been seeing, that we've been knowing are supposed to be our top priorities. Yeah. I struggle with that stuff, if I'm being honest. I, I prioritize it in my logical mind, mm -hmm. and I'm glad that I do because it keeps me coming back to it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I have a giant calendar that takes up my entire wall behind you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I really need to see my, my habits and my behaviors, like, big on the wall in order to stay on top of things. Mm -hmm. Um... So I'm glad that I, I'm glad a part of my brain prioritizes those things. I'd like to think you do. Yeah. That you still have. Yes. And I can, and seeing you answer that question, I know, and knowing how well put together I do see you as a human being, I can venture, I guess, to say that you have been doing those things well, even though, even if they haven't manifested into what you are now considering, maybe not actually how your top priorities played out over the past year but yeah um but that you still have been doing them good and or if not much better than 10 years ago or five years ago you know you know you're you're right and I'm glad that you're giving me a chance to see it this way too because yeah in looking at this giant calendar on my wall and tracking my my habits and stuff I can see the trends and we're all painted the picture of what consistency and discipline and routine looks like and it's very masculine we're gonna i'm gonna use that word again <laughs> like it's super masculine like every day you do the same things and that's what i have as my goals right every day do the handstands i like making sure i have a healthy spine so every day do the back bends every day do the handstands every day do the strength and the breath work and every day and then I mark it on my calendar to make sure I did it every day. But now that I've done it since January and I can look at the trends, like I'll do it for like a week and a half every day and then I kind of fall off 
and I like kinda do it or I do it this day but not for the next three days and then I'll do it two days in a row and then not for the next five days. Um, and then the next week I do it every day. And I'm like, wow, it's because I'm a woman. It's because I'm a woman. It's because our cycles are not the same as men and we're sold <laughs> the story that discipline is supposed to look like this. And I'm just learning more about myself. Um, yeah, my priorities are a lot different this year than they were last year. So I'm like t taking it seriously with the tracking and stuff. So yeah, noticing that I'm, a, I'm allowed to flow with the natural rhythms of being a woman. And that's been helpful. Even though you do answer with coffee or with, <laughs> or with staying up late, knowing what ends up getting done and knowing my creative process or any small business kind of stuff and you being legitimized and I'm sure and you, you know, truly giving a substantial amount of your time and just energy, thinking power to yes. doing the things that you want to do at the very least, even if they're not fully just executed all the time. Mm-hmm. Behind that coffee, I bet, is something that you didn't really mention at all, mm -hmm. which I'm not surprised by, but I am that... <laughs> I guarantee a top priority of yours has got to be your small business ventures. Absolutely. I can imagine that being number one. Yeah. Actually, yes. You know, you're and, right. And relationships, you know, that kind of stuff. Those are, that's obviously like what I'm hoping to hear just right up. But I'm, that's why I said that's the realest shit I've ever heard because you spoke to exactly what me and a lot of people I'm surrounded by are actually going through. No yeah. matter how much we front. No matter how much we want to say that we're sleeping really well or eating everything perfectly, like yeah. So that's why I'm. It's a melancholy type feeling to just know that you just said it how it was for you, but not to no. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, though. Seriously, because isn't it interesting that yeah? In thinking of that question, I immediately jump to the things that I wish I was doing that I'm not doing. You know, that's how I answered that question. Here are the things that I wish I was doing that I'm not actually doing. But like you said, I mean, I am, I'm like kicking ass at this small business thing right now. <laughs> I'm because I can though. It's because I quit my job and my husband is paying the bills and I'm so grateful. So grateful. This is the first time in my life where I can, I can relax and not pour the energy of scarcity into my work. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful for him and I'm just grateful for the time freedom that that gives me. So, yes, I am. I mean, number one priority is this business stuff. Like the rebranding has been a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, and I'm, I'm learning the things that I need to learn. Like this is not a game to me anymore. I'm no longer figuring it out, which I needed those two and a half years to figure it out, which is great. Um, most people give up in that time. So I'm really glad that I got through that. Um, but now that I'm here, it is priority number one. And then, yeah, I guess priority number two. Not I guess. Priority number two is relationships. Um, I am prioritizing them differently than I have in the past. But absolutely, that's a non-negotiable in my life. I cannot lock myself away <laughs> and do things by myself like... Yes. 
Yeah, relationships. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And it's also not even a list. Just hearing you say one and two or fight in your own head for two seconds, it's like, yeah, they're sympathetic. They're tied for one. They're in their each. They're not tied for one even. They're each in their own top spot. Yes, exactly. You're right. In a, in a different bracket. Um, I, okay, yeah. The second part to that kind of question was, as it as I know what happens with me. Even though they weren't really too subtle, it's they do stick out these priorities, whatever they might be for most people, seem seem to be huge or maybe obvious, but I think some of the more subtle ones are maybe harder to think of on the spot. Mm-hmm. But like for me, for example, a subtle one in the developing last couple months has been and it's come naturally, so I actually have been doing it, so I can point to it now, and it is a priority because it comes up in me every single day. Mm-hmm. Is to make sure I at least walk or run outside, like that's nice. a subtle one, more than just work, like w- working out for an hour a day or two hours a day or going to the gym. That seems more bigger and like structured, but just having that like subtle, like make sure you drizzle in that walk that run you know just whether it's at 11 p.m or whether totally. it's in the morning or right after work <laughs> or whatever mm-hmm. um so we just talked about like the past year and they change quickly over time those subtle ones yeah like i that guess tiny day-to-day ones change a lot over time and i was gonna ask what about in like the last just couple of weeks or maybe just this year what are yours right now yeah, that's a good, I love that you're talking about the subtle ones, because I think, I think I take those little things for granted. Like, clearly they're priorities, but I'm not even thinking about them, because I, it's muscle memory. I, without failure, write down 10 things that I'm grateful for every morning. I have to. It's, that is a non-negotiable. So, see, it doesn't even come up in my, in my mind when I'm asked what are my priorities, like... Gratitude every day, non-negotiable. Ten things that you're grateful for. And you don't just write the things, you write the words, I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for. So you're writing, I'm grateful for. Literally those words, Mm -hmm. ten times a day. Um, And then you don't slam the book shut and go do your thing. You sit with each of those ten things, say it either out loud or in your mind, and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Five times. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For each of those ten things. Every morning non-negotiable so um, yeah and the walks too I'm glad you brought that up because I've been I've been consciously trying to get outside more I'm I'm an indoor kind of gal and I will sit in the same spot in front of my computer for like 10 straight hours and just do stuff if I don't make myself get up and go for a walk so that's been huge these past few weeks what else cooking I've been really prioritizing meal prepping and things like that as I mentioned because my my husband is is working and I'm not and so we've definitely um, been experimenting with more traditional gender roles so I'm like cooking the food and he's making the money and that's been working out kind of nicely <laughs> you know it's been real nice <laughs> I don't mind it right now it's great um, yeah, but it but it does feel like a job though. It is a role. Like I need to cook the food and make sure that he's got lunch for tomorrow and the whole bit. So like, 
that's been a priority and it's been working out really nicely. You know, I like write my meals on this little whiteboard on our refrigerator. It's nice, you know, those things are nice to have. Um, yeah, fitness, fitness is important, but that's one that kind of like slips off the list of priorities if that list comes with other things. Yeah. But yeah. Which is criminal just because we're, <laughs> we're young and I know. I can just feel it in my back right now, even talking about it at all. I know. <laughs> yep. But all the. I wanted to point back to one thing you said about on the more larger or broader priority question. Um, I like to think you're basically describing with your small business being number one. It's like your impact on the world, like what you're going to end up leaving behind, like just how much you're doing just for the collective, you know, that if you have that much intention that you're planning to move your entire life to give yourself even the slightest bit of grace that you're not doing the most right now, you know, and when you're trying to make that big of an impact on the community, that just adds, I, I, I do take that to heart when I do think about that because it's so easy to be hard on yourself. Yeah. Not being, I don't know, just perfect. Crazy. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Especially like with the health of your physical body because that just seems like such a big one nowadays. Yeah. For all of us. Yeah. It's so easy to not be. It's so easy to be unhealthy. Mm. It's like the norm. You have to work extra, extra hard. Yeah. Because everything that's around us is geared towards us being unhealthy so it is like a lot of effort you know and so we're consciously thinking about it because if we don't it's it's just no bueno you know so i yes it's it is a lot to keep track of to just try to be a happy healthy human being i don't live by this statement as much as i would want to but it is a statement that i say to myself often but if you don't sacrifice for what you want, what you want becomes the sacrifice. I think about that often because, yeah, you can't do all the things every single day. You just can't. So you have to sacrifice something for something else. And that can go in a positive way or a negative way. Like, am I going to sacrifice my sharp, focused mind tomorrow for these three hours of staying awake and scrolling through Instagram tonight? If you think about it in that way, you're like, is this a fair trade-off? And the answer might be yes. You might be like, fuck it, I just want to scroll. <laughs> but at least you know you're making a conscious decision, you know? Yeah. Yep. Staying with yourself and being aware, you know, like keeping pace with that bullshit that you get yourself into. Like, if yeah. you're going to allow yourself to do it, like, at least recognize it and because that's where you make it worse is if you uh, choose your, choose to participate in the bullshit version <laughs> and to get incredibly mad at yourself right and then it'll just perpetuate and make it hard to do something the next day and whatnot. yeah that's when you rebel against yourself mm, yes <laughs> um okay yeah so, I know you've shared a lot about yourself publicly in recent times, like we discussed, and we obviously with the story jams and um, and with this. But um, 
do you have anything you'd like people to know about you or something you'd like to share that I think uh, a setting like this definitely offers to anyone who follows you that was maybe peeking into this conversation um, examples any wisdom advice even just a fun fact you can shout out someone or something in your life um, and yeah something that maybe you don't feel like you can usually share or yeah I think I have plenty of fun facts but I think I'll share some wisdom um, this is another thing that I've been sitting with for the past few days just like what is my wisdom right now because you have wisdom right now like we all have so much wisdom at any given moment I think my wisdom right now is like let people misunderstand you like let people be wrong about you it's okay you know like that's that's such an easy thing to say and such a hard thing to do is to just let people be wrong about you. Like you do not have to over explain. You do not have to backpedal. You do not have to like give a bunch of pre-qualifiers before you speak and be like, well, I don't mean to offend this group and this group and that group. Like you don't have to like just exist, just exist and the people who get it will get it and the people who don't won't and you gotta learn how to be okay with that and I know that that's that's common advice right but like like how do you actually do that how do you actually find enough comfort and security within yourself to let people be wrong about you my best advice my best wisdom is to find ways to interact with yourself because everyone talks about like the most important relationship is the one you have with yourself right like that's common everyone says that but you're like what the fuck does that mean how do i have a relationship with myself what am i supposed to journal that's what everybody says Just go journal go meditate like yes those are ways to do it but the the magic in it for me is read your journal entries read them don't just write them and stuff them away in a corner like pull them out and read them like record yourself a voice note and then listen to it listen to them back to back to back to back while you're in the tub the way you would a podcast the way you would open up a book like read your own shit like talk to yourself in the mirror put on some music that's why i have six mirrors in this room <laughs> Like, record yourself speaking and then watch it back. The watching it back part is how you interact with yourself. Because we're in these bodies. We're just in our bodies. All we get to interact with is our hands and ourselves brushing our teeth in the, in the morning or whatever. You know? Like, you got to find ways to, like, spend quality time with you. You know? We were talking about that earlier. Like... Mm listening back to your podcast episodes. Like that, to me, that's how you cultivate self-love. Like that's how you continue to learn about who you are, you know? And when you know who you are and you know 
you know your patterns and you know your inner world, you are less likely to give a shit about what other people think. <laughs> like, truly. Because you know who you are. So if they don't, if they don't get it right, that's, that's not a problem, you know? So, yeah. Wonderful wisdom. <laughs> I think, I mean, I know. Even right there, yeah, I just heard your voice. I hope that, yeah, that's a kick in, kick in the ass, just like any of the things you've said, but it definitely is for me, just another little nudge. I know we all, being misunderstood is a, yeah. I mean, that's, that's using our voice. That creates a lot of the dialogue that we see in today's world is, you can see people are worried about how people are are viewing them based on what they're saying, you know? Yes. Which affects then what you say. Yes. Like if people were worried just coming straight from the heart. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate it. I appreciate that point of view a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a couple more quicker questions just mm-hmm. to help close us out here. Um, how long have you taught dance? Officially, since I was 18, like that's when I was getting paid to teach. Um, so, 15 years? 14 years? Yeah, with some years off in between. Hmm. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> what kind of dance and what kind of classes mainly? I was teaching all kinds of stuff. Um, tap, ballet, but mostly street styles. So... Like dance studio, hip hop, you know, yeah. Nice. But I I grew up in D.C. So I and I'm also a child of the '80s. <laughs> so when I was taking dance class, there was no hip hop taught in studios. So I was kind of part of the wave of like the teachers that started bringing that dance style into the studios. That's cool. Yeah. Just to witness that, especially the come up. Exactly. Yeah. And now there's all kinds of stuff. There's like street jazz and pop and K-pop and all these other things. But yeah, hip hop was new to dance studios when I was getting started. Mm-hmm. How many story jams in total have you done? The big show, just one. But the, the nights, like the story nights, I want to say like, like at least 10. Yeah. I did it for the majority of 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were going strong for a bit. Yeah. Um, how many, I didn't, I have no idea what, what is all out there, especially with the women in the, in your community. I, I can just point to out of women that you know here in the, in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. But the way I, the things I wrote down was how many anger, Anger releases, women ceremonies, cacao ceremonies, sound healing, one-on-one coaching sessions, etc. Any of the like, have you taken part in? In wow. say, the last five years, or when you moved to Minnesota, which was in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't really start getting into that stuff until twenty twenty, because 
my husband and I had some time apart. We thought we were getting divorced, and so I was like a single gal for a while and was making a lot of new friends and doing the thing. And so, yeah, I did the anger releases and the cacao ceremonies and stuff. That's not like, I don't know, some people go to those things often, like all the time. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. Um, I don't know. You've been having so much of your own stuff also, so that's... That too, yep. Yeah. But I, I reach for those things a little more, like, um, infrequently, like like a women's circle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I would need to come to a point on my journey where I'm like, okay, fuck, I need a women's circle right now. Mm-hmm. So I haven't, haven't attended one of those in a bit, actually. I wonder why that is. But... Coaching sessions, I'm like, I was a coach, like, junkie for a bit. Like, doing every coaching class I could afford. Like, doing all the things. One-on-one coaching. I was doing that for a really long time. Um, And now, I just have a session a month with my mentor. And that's it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Kind of my last thing here, and this is definitely my favorite one of my favorite aspects about knowing you and about like story gems and Maya, let's say, and meeting so many people through it. Um, yeah. You are, you though, um, you are within a large community of healers and pr- practitioners in a, in a large way and mm-hmm. are personal friends with many within this intertwined community in, in just the Twin Cities or Minneapolis. Um, can you tell me a little bit just about that and what stands out to you just with, especially the women, just because I, I'm witness to you guys being very close knit and yeah, just already having gone through a lot with each other or in my opinion, so many unreal things going on, you know, and just like spreading of knowledge and that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. There are, there are two women that come to mind right away. Um, and that's my girl Angela Soli and she's just like a woman of many talents massage therapist like psychotherapist um, women's sexual empowerment coach just like all these things Um, and Ellie Etzel another woman um, they just moved into a home together and Ellie is, yeah, also a women's empowerment coach. She's a Reiki practitioner. She teaches Kundalini yoga. She's a shuffler, like all these things. Um, she does intuitive eating, like just two really amazing women coming together in one space is like going to be huge for this community. And they've got a lot of really cool things coming up, some dinner parties and game nights and like healing lounges and they're like really really doing stuff and their space is magical and yeah yeah was that your question just like what's going on in the community absolutely what about more last definitely more on the last bit of, of any of that but about the community as a whole and what you've been a part of but yeah just what you've noticed or what stands out to you about the community or anything? I feel a very tangible sense that people are people are ready for something new. Like 
in the in the events and workshops and stuff I've attended just this year, like just in the calendar twenty twenty four year, which has been six weeks, um, people are doing some cool shit. I've been to cool like acting workshops. I've been to something called authentic movement where you literally spend 36 minutes dancing with your eyes closed to no music and everybody's watching you. Very cool, very vulnerable. Um, man, what else? Interplay, there's something called interplay. If you've never heard of it, it's, it is basically like adult recess. There's lots of laughing and like cool conversational prompts. Um, it just feels like, what else have I been seeing? Lots of sober events, like lots of sober events. Lots of people wanting to like find ways to get together without alcohol being at the center of it. Like, man, it just, it really does feel like the community of the Twin Cities right now is like hungry for connection, like in a new way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing lots of really cool things happening. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm really happy to like be here in this moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know for a fact that I'm blessed to have you on this. I am a fucking child (laughs) in so many ways and especially in apparently the English word for this is called podcasting and interview whatever you want to call it (laughs) I think it's yeah I'm floored it's like a a whole trippy psychedelic spiritual just fucking insane experience regardless but then to be able to talk to you and know that people are going to listen to this and that we're going to be able to spread that a little bit more that I'm going to be able to help spread the shit that I think what you're doing is so cool be able to touch on women like them or any of the things that you've been through and any of that openness and and growth and the journey that we're all on together and I'm very thankful to have talked to you about this I know you weren't gonna like step give me the Heisman and say no or anything <laughs> but it really does mean a lot to that you were vulnerable enough and open enough to to do this with me yeah, thank you. Yeah, this has been really healing for me, honestly. Like, I feel like the past past several months, like six plus months, has been me with my nose to the ground, just like focusing and like doing things. And it feels really good to have conscious conversations with mm. people like you, just doing good things. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. <laughs>